0: Boom, Uh, food prices, and just the price of living. What are
1: they gonna do about inflation?
0: This is the Michigan gubernatorial debate this November.
1: My major
2: concern is the
0: trump backed Republican candidate Tudor Dixon. Governor Gretchen Whitmer and challenger Tudor Dixon address. Democratic incumbent Gretchen Whitmer questions in their first ever televised debate, first and only debate. Studio. It's the debate for governor. Here, directly following this, we'll be watching the Mandela Barnes Ron Johnson debate in the Wisconsin Senate race. So stick around.
1: being seen and heard. Once again,
0: I'm going to try to lay out as much as possible while the candidates are speaking. Two
1: major party candidates for governor, Democrat Gretchen Whitmer and Republican Tudor Dixon, will debate the issue. You guys can
0: be sure that I'm not high enough for this yet.
1: They are interested in. Quickly, here's an overview of the very basic rules. Each candidate. We'll have 60 seconds to answer each question. An automatic 30 seconds. We are
0: going to do a quick rundown of the news following the, following the two debates. Response.
1: After that, we move on to the next question for the next hour. The candidates' campaigns per- participated in a virtual drawing recently that has Governor Gretchen Whitmer giving the first 90-second opening statement. Governor, thank you for being here and please begin.
2: Great. Thank you, Rick, and thank you, Wood TV, for hosting us. You know, I grew up in this community about 10 miles from here. I grew up in a household that was bipartisan and we had very different perspectives but we shared values and that's how i know when we stay focused on what really matters it's a lot easier to see we all want the same things great schools good jobs safe roads and communities as governor i've signed over 900 bills every one of them bipartisan i will work with anyone who's serious about solving problems and that's how we made the biggest Food investment TV. in state history. In you live in education. sexual
0: anarchy? how we put
2: 170,000 Michiganders on paths to higher education and skills, tuition-free. It's how we secured the future of the auto industry as built here in Michigan. We also paid down $14 billion of state debt, amassed a record rainy day fund, and not only did we not raise taxes, we cut taxes for small business. I think tonight... You're going to hear a lot of divisive rhetoric and a focus on the past from my opponent. Here's what separates us. I still believe there is more that unites us than divides us. I believe in our democracy. I believe in decency. And that's what I'm going to focus on tonight and every minute I'm governor of this great state. Let's work together and build a better future for our kids.
1: Mrs. Dixon, welcome to the debate. Thank you for being here. Your 90-second opening What up, tutors?
3: Good evening, Michigan. I'm excited to be here because for many of you, it's the first time you're hearing from me directly. I wanna tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a cancer survivor, and I'm a worker. I used to work many hours on the shop floor of a steel foundry, and I've owned a small business that was crushed by lockdowns in this state, like many of you. I also know what it is to have my children locked out of school and then have to try to get them back on track. I know how important it is to have safe communities so that we don't have to worry about our kids going out to play outside. And I'm running for governor because quite frankly, Gretchen Whitmer has let us down. The last four years have been disappointing at best. Everything is more expensive. Our communities are less safe. Our job creators struggle to create jobs and many are saying they think the American dream in the state of Michigan is dead. Our schools are getting worse. And our roads haven't been fixed. I'm sure you remember the promises that this governor made four years ago right here on this stage. She's going to try to attack me tonight to distract from her broken promises, her record of broken promises. But I'm going to focus on the future. I'm going to talk about how to make Michigan freer and more prosperous. We're going to forge a family-friendly future.
1: Canada Spoth, thank Austin, you Austin, Mandy, good evening. First question, and it is... It is sensitive. It's deeply personal, and it's very topical. And it's not surprising. Talk about abortion. One of the most often question asked from our viewers was about abortion. Each one of those questions came with a point of view. It came with what people were. What up, and Sometimes it was agonizing to answer Good evening. But what I t- wanted to do, truly do, is I want to get to where you are on this issue very clearly. Ron from Allendale did a really good job. He asked it pretty simply when he said, "Please." CLEARLY EXPLAIN YOUR VIEWS ON ABORTION. AND TO HELP RON GET TO THAT ANSWER, I'M GOING TO ASK YOU, AND I WILL HOLD YOU TO THIS IF I CAN, IF YOU SUPPORT ABORTION RIGHTS, I WANT YOU TO TELL ME WHAT, IF ANY LIMITATIONS YOU WOULD ACCEPT. IF YOU OPPOSE ABORTION RIGHTS, I WANT YOU TO TELL ME WHAT, IF ANY EXCEPTIONS YOU WOULD ALLOW. GOVERNOR Whitmerch, YOUR FIRST QUESTION FOR 60 SECONDS.
2: THIS IS AN IMPORTANT QUESTION. WHEN THE SUPREME COURT OVERRULED ROE V. WADE, IT TOOK AWAY RIGHTS that we've had for 49 years, rights that I've had my whole life are now been ripped away from women and girls in this country. Michigan could revert to a 1931 law that makes it a felony, no exceptions for rape or incest, criminalizing doctors and nurses. The only reason that law is not in effect right now is because of my lawsuit stopping it. When Roe fell, Mrs. Dixon celebrated that. She said it didn't even go far enough. She said she wanted to make abortion a felony, no exceptions for rape, incest, or health of the woman and throw doctors and nurses in jail. That is too extreme and too dangerous. We know that our fundamental rights are very much in at risk right now. I am fighting to protect our right to choose. My lawsuit would have kept the law as it is. Our legislature wouldn't take action and so now we have a ballot initiative to vote on. I will be voting yes.
1: Governor, thank you. I hope in your rebuttal you will answer that question about any limitations. Uh, Mrs. Dixon, I want to know If you oppose abortion rights, what exceptions would you make?
3: Yes, in her first answer, she's already being dishonest. This is obviously going to be a theme for the night. I've never said that I wanted to criminalize people. I've never said I wanted this to be a felony. She just is completely making that up. My position on abortion is clear. I am pro-life with exceptions for life of the mother. But I understand that this is going to be decided by the people of the state of Michigan or by a judge. As the governor's already stated, a judge has already ruled in this case. Please understand that the governor doesn't have the choice to go around a judge or a constitutional amendment. She will lie to you tonight and tell you that the governor can do something about a constitutional amendment. But you need to understand that it's very, very clearly written. And you should understand her position. It's extremely radical. It's abortion up to the moment of birth. She's already proven it with her record of voting. She voted no on a ban on partial birth abortion. That's how radical Gretchen Whitmer is on abortion. And she'll continue lying to you now.
1: Governor, I'd like for you to define your position on abortion.
3: Mrs. Dixon is either
2: woefully underinformed about the office she's running for, or she's lying to you. It's that simple. A governor will absolutely impact these rights. In fact, the only right abortion is still accessible in Michigan is because of my action. This is a candidate who said a 14-year-old child raped by a family member is a perfect example of why we shouldn't have abortion rights. I've been fighting to maintain the law as it is. That's what I support, Rick. Here's the fact of the matter. To protect our rights, we
1: cannot trust Ms. Dixon. Are there any limitations, Governor?
2: Rick, my lawsuit would have preserved the status quo with the limitations that are on on the books right now. The legislature wouldn't enact it, and that's precisely why... WE ARE
3: GOING TO THE BALLOT NOW.
1: THANK YOU. YOUR rebuttal, Mrs. Dixon.
3: SHE'S CLEARLY STATED SHE HAS NO LIMITATIONS. SHE DOESN'T EVEN WANT PARENTAL CONSENT. THAT'S WHAT THE PROPOSAL THAT SHE'S OUT THERE TALKING ABOUT EVERY SINGLE DAY SAYS. She's lying about my position. And I can see why she's a little confused about a constitutional amendment because this is a governor who time and time again thought she was above the Constitution of Michigan. In fact, the people had to go to the Supreme Court to try to rip her powers away even though she held on to them like grim death. This is how she's going to treat the people of Michigan. It is not how I will.
1: Our second question deals with part of the same issue, and I believe she was referring to COVID restrictions. Proposal, proposal three that is dealing with abortion rights. Now, this may or weird may not to say grim death. Between the governor and the legislature, In an analogy think, referring one, happens, to COVID restrictions. To the degree that you support uh, uh, or oppose this initiative, I want to know, and I want you to answer Alexander's question. Uh, and this comes from Walker. will go. The first question will go to you. I would like to know if both candidates agree to uphold the will of the voters, no matter if Proposal 3 poses or fails. And you've already spoken to this uh, to some degree, uh, Mrs. Dixon. But in other words, uh, if you're elected and Proposal 3 has passed, will you do anything to try to change it or to go around it or to somehow go against that vote?
3: You're right, Rick. I've been very clear on this, and I've made this statement multiple times. I will always respect the will of the voter. I don't believe that there are laws that I'm above. Unlike the governor here who said on multiple occasions, if there's a law out there that I don't agree with, I think I should be able to go around it. And Dana Nessel, who has also decided to go around laws. I don't believe in that. I believe in our constitution, and I believe in the people's right to decide.
1: You hear the moderator go if you're elected governor and proposal three fails, will you then look for other legislative solutions or will you accept the
2: will of the people? Well, I'll always accept the will of the people, Rick. But here's the fact of the matter, I still have a lawsuit that's pending in front of the Supreme Court. And so ultimately that too will have to be decided. I think it's really ironic when Mrs. Dixon stands here and says that she will accept the vote, the will of the people. This is a candidate who still denies the outcome of the 2020 election. This is a candidate who will not pledge to accept the outcome of the November 8th election. So for her to stand here and say she will respect the will will of the people when she has not even embraced the outcome of a last election or pledged to embrace the outcome of a future election tells me we cannot trust what she's saying. These are fundamental rights. We cannot make any assumption that a Dixon... Administration would fight to protect women's rights, women's access to health care, and, and families who are trying to grow
3: their family through IVF is one additional example.
1: A 30 second rebuttal and plenty to talk about there.
3: Yeah, if we're talking about protecting women, then we should go through a few of the vetoes that the governor has had recently. Vetoing safe housing for pregnant women. That's pretty tragic. Also, vetoing any fund, grant funding for parents who just want to adopt and have a family. She also vetoed funding for critical pre- pregnancy centers because she said they offered information on adoption. That's not exactly family-friendly. So once again, the governor is being dishonest with you. She wants abortion to be your only option.
1: 30-second rebuttal, governor.
3: That's ridiculous. Like so much of what I think we're going to hear tonight,
2: we know what the law is. We know what women demand and women require in their reproductive health care. We also know what this candidate for governor has said. About she vetoed
0: it because rights, it was mostly geared towards connections to fake women's health centers. Future
2: generations of women and girls. The most important economic decision a woman will make in her lifetime is whether and when to bear a child. This candidate for governor wants to rip that away
1: from her candidates we're going to move on and this is going to be the first of our video questions as you know we ask our viewers to submit questions and a few of them we reached out to and asked them to record the verbatim of what they asked us and this first one it really struck me because each you're of taking us
0: tiktoks now is what he's saying
1: public schools or in college and carson from grand rapids has an important question <coughs> that i feel certain is shared by many of us and many of his peers you can see it right over here
0: as a high school student, school safety is a top priority for me. What will you do in order to keep our schools safe and ensure protection to all Michigan students? Well, I've got, a, I've got a message to the kids out there. There are so many pressures
1: for kids in school these days, and I would expand Kason's question to say this. <laughs> Sherry from Troy wants to know, in addition to school safety... How do you support students' mental health in schools? Governor, I'll begin with you. 60 seconds.
2: Sure, Rick. Well, we've made historic investments in education. That includes wraparound supports for mental health. I've listened to parents, and I know school safety and mental health of our students is paramount. I'm going to tell you, as a prosecutor, I led the efforts to get prepared for a new school year, active shooter drills with our police officers. As a mom, I am furious. I'm angry. that What the cops going to do? Only in this country, the number one killer of children is gun violence as governor we need to act i support secure storage i support background checks i support red flag laws my opponent on the other hand does not she's proposed more guns less oversight and eliminating gun-free zones she claimed not to even know what safe storage was which is exactly what the oxford families have been lobbying for that kind of out of touch governance only makes our kids
3: more at risk when they're in our schools
1: mrs dixon 60 seconds on keeping children safe in schools and their mental health
3: yeah in 2018 our state police released a safe schools report that safe schools report covered everything from hardening our schools we'll throw to it make-
0: away because the cops don't know what they're doing
3: was taken care of and making sure we're seeing those flags when we see a child that's in danger The governor hasn't even come out. the
0: opposite of whatever the cops recommended. the,
3: The Michigan Department of Ed has now come out and said, there are times when we can hide a dangerous situation from parents. If a student wants to harm themselves or someone else, we should hide it from the parents. We've never seen something like this before. We're in really scary times. We need to trust our experts. When our state police come out with a report like that, we need to take it very seriously. The money that we've received so far from the federal government could have been used to harden our schools over this summer, but nothing happened. We really need to take that money and focus on how to keep our, our kids safe inside of those buildings.
1: 30 seconds. Governor Whitmer, is a rebuttal, please.
3: The same month as the Oxford school
2: shooting, where four children were murdered, eight were injured, and the community was terrorized, Tudor Dixon posted on her social media a picture of her shooting a Old gun tutor. with the caption that said, Gun control means using both hands. She is too dangerous and too out of touch to be trusted with protecting our kids. She'll put the second amendment before second graders every
3: time. We cannot let that happen.
1: Mr. Dixon, you have 30 seconds.
3: Gretchen Whitmer's made it pretty clear. She wants to make sure she takes away any protection you can have. She wouldn't allow protection even inside of the school, where we know that's the best case scenario if we have someone that can shoot down a shooter, shoot down a threat, but she doesn't want anything like that. She wants to make sure your kids are in a sitting duck zone where there can be no guns and there's no protection against them. The idea that she thinks that any having any type of weapon is too dangerous for the state of Michigan, she'll take all of your guns away.
1: Mrs. Dixon, the next question... The moderator keeps sighing at her. ...the subject of schools. And this is rather broad because, again, it's a subject that we got so many questions about, and I, I couldn't get every nuance in there. So I want you to talk about your view of education, how schools should operate, how you think that should work. But included in that, we know that Michigan's public schools are always an issue in a governor's race, and the same is true now. I want you to tell so me... from Parkland. DISCUSSION OF YOUR VIEW ON SCHOOLS, THE s- SPECIFICS AS GOVERNOR THAT YOU'LL WORK TO ENSURE THAT THE BEST POSSIBLE OUTCOMES FOR ALL stu- uh, STUDENTS IN PUBLIC SCHOOLS ARE ACHIEVED, NOT JUST IN THE HIGH-ACHIEVING SCHOOLS, BUT IN SOME SCHOOLS THAT WE KNOW ARE STRUGGLING.
3: Mm. SURE. and in, IN OUR SCHOOLS RIGHT NOW, WE'RE SEEING THAT WE HAVE INCREDIBLY LOW READING SCORES. We've talked about this for years, but after the pandemic and kids being out of school for almost two years, we've gone through a crisis and we don't have an opportunity right now to catch our kids back up. Michigan is one of the kids
0: out of school for almost, almost two years. years. What, what is, she is she talking about? Tutoring
3: plan for our students. We've talked about 25 hours for every child to make sure they get back on track. We need to get our kids back to reading and back to the basics. Right now in Michigan schools, as you're seeing on the news, parents are really concerned about what their kids are being taught with this sex and gender theory and not teaching them to read, write, and do math. We've made it very clear. We want parents involved in the child's education, and we want to go back to the basics, making sure our kids know how to read, write, and do math. From kindergarten to third grade, They're learning to read. From third grade on, they're reading to learn. If they're missing that crucial step, we're robbing them.
1: Governor, let's hear what you have to say about that and how we make sure that all students have as clearly as possible the same opportunities in all of our public schools.
0: Absolutely. I love this. Decouple funding from from property taxes. In public
2: schools. I went to Forest Hill schools right down the road. This is personal for me. I know that an education is what levels the playing field and creates opportunity for every person. And that's why I worked with the legislature in a bipartisan manner and we delivered the biggest investment in public education in Michigan history. We closed the gap between districts. We ensured that we've got wraparound supports, whether it comes to mental health supports or tripling the number of literacy coaches. We're dropping class size and luring great people to go into teaching. That is how we ensure that all kids have a great education. We are making great strides. There is certainly more work to, more good work to do. We want to be a top ten state when it comes to literacy, individualized tutors. But I need you to know this. The person bankrolling Mrs. Dixon's campaign is Betsy DeVos. Why is that? Because they want to take half a billion dollars out of our public schools.
0: You have 30 It is a scam to funnel public money into private she institutions. She closed the
3: gap. What she really did was close the schools. And when we talk about making sure there is no wrong path for any child, you should know that when Detroit public schools kept their schools closed longer, she was silent. When Flint public schools closed their schools down again, Gretchen Whitmer was silent. In fact, in the midst of the pandemic, when the legislature said they would give her money for reading scholarships, one of her people came out and said smelled too much like vouchers because they don't want parents to have control. She doesn't want you to have an impact on your child's I don't
0: education. want public money going to religious and private Betsy institutions. Betsy
3: voucher plan might help Betsy DeVos, and it might help Tudor Dixon, too,
2: because her kids go to private schools. I don't have a problem with kids going to private schools. That's her choice. But the fact of the matter is, is that most kids don't have those options, and that's why we've got to improve the education system across the state of Michigan so that every child has a great education A governor's job isn't just to take care of our own kids. It's to take care of all of our kids.
1: Candidates, we're going to move on to another subject that was very high on the list, as you will understand. And people wanted to know a thousand questions. That's an exaggeration about (laughs) the state's response to COVID-19. And there's no way to go through all of the questions. So as we sat around trying to think of a way that we could get to that question and give it some depth... Here's what we want to do. Instead of going one by one through every grievance or why did this happen or why didn't this happen, I want you to think back. Given the advantage of two and a half. Notice years how of he keeps
0: sighing every time Tudor point, Dixon answers a question. It is hilarious is to me. Always
1: particularly good. I want to first ask you, Governor, looking back, if there is anything that you would have done differently. And miss Stixon when i get to you i want to ask you if you had been governor what would you have done differently governor
2: well let's start with this covid was incredibly hard on every single one of us we know that this was a brand new virus that we didn't know a lot about we knew that our hospitals were filling up and that people were dying we were in desperate search of masks and ventilators there were refrigerated trucks outside of some of our hospitals to store people's bodies who didn't survive COVID. It was a desperate time. So I talked to the experts. I listened. I asked questions of our national experts, of state experts. I talked to my fellow governors, Republicans and Democrats, and we helped one another as we made tough decisions because lives were on the line. Studies have shown that our actions saved thousands of lives. Now, 35,000 people in our state have died from COVID. They may not matter to some, but they matter to me, every single one of them. If I could go back in time with the knowledge we have now, sure, I would have made some different decisions. But we were working in the middle of a crisis, and lives were on the line.
1: Mr. Dixon, given the information that we had two and a half years ago, what do you think you would have done differently if you were governor?
3: Well, the governor wants you to believe that she did listen to the experts, but we have the letter from the Nursing Home Association that said, whatever you do... DON'T SEND COVID-POSITIVE PATIENTS INTO NURSING HOMES. AND YET THE GOVERNOR DID. WHEN ANDREW CUOMO EVEN BACKED OFF OF THIS, GOVERNOR WHITMER DOUBLED DOWN. SHE EVEN TRIED TO HIDE THE FINAL REPORT OF THE NUMBERS OF HOW MANY DEATHS WE HAD. IN FACT, SHE'S TRIED TO HIDE A LOT FROM THIS PANDEMIC. SHE TRIED TO HIDE, OR SHE DID HIDE, EFFECTIVELY, WHY HER DEPARTMENT OF HEALTH AND HUMAN SERVICES DIRECTOR LEFT. IN FACT, SHE EVEN PAID HIM OFF WITH A SECRECY AGREEMENT. THE SAME WITH UNEMPLOYMENT. What a debacle to have $8.5 billion fraudulently sent out. Now I've got people bringing bills from the state up to me, begging me to forgive the unemployment that she's trying to get out back because she accidentally sent $8.5 billion out. And what about our students that she kept locked out of schools and wouldn't listen to parents when they begged her to let them play? Let them play. She wouldn't even listen.
1: Governor, you have 30 seconds.
2: None of what my opponent just said is true. It just isn't. Here are the facts. While my life was being threatened for making hard decisions to save lives across our state, Mrs. Dixon was spreading conspiracy theories. Mrs. Dixon was downplaying masks, saying that this would go away without getting vaccinated. She said kids couldn't get COVID. Had she been governor during the pandemic, thousands more people would have died.
3: A lot of those deaths would have been in our nursing homes.
1: 30 seconds.
3: Unfortunately for Gretchen Whitmer, everybody knows that I have been vaccinated and she's completely dishonest. But she can't be honest because she knows that her response was so completely horrendous. In fact, she closed restaurants down longer than any other state and we lost 3,000 restaurants. But we just got a report today. Just got the report today. Michigan is having a slower comeback than any of our surrounding states. So not only did she make bad choices when she closed us down and refused to open our schools, but she hasn't figured out how to recover.
1: Candidates, we move on, and this is one of the more unusual questions that I've ever had because we've never been quite here since I've been covering politics in the state of Michigan. Michigan has rarely had more of a robust treasury. There has been more money that has come through. Some of it is federal. A lot of it is state money. There are billions of dollars that are still unallocated, even after the largest budget ever and the largest school aid fund ever. So my question is, and it goes first to you, Mrs. Dixon, what do you do with that money? Do you save it? Do you spend it? Give it back to taxpayers? None of the above? What do you do with maybe $6 or $7 billion (coughs) or 7000000000 dollars well, certainly their water is you know, not
0: fixed. And uh, the former governor is trying to get out to of being held sure accountable for kids it.
3: are getting caught back up. As we've stated, I stated earlier, Michigan is one of the only states that didn't implement a, a robust tutoring system after the pandemic to get our students back on track. And the test scores show right now, our third graders just failed their literacy exams nearly 60 percent across the state and in Detroit. 90%. So when we talk about making sure there's no wrong path, that hasn't happened in the state of Michigan. We have the funding to make sure our public schools have the resources that they need. It's time for us to use them to make sure our kids get back on track and focus on the basics. Get back to reading, writing, and math. The governor still has not made a comment about the fact that parents are begging for our schools to go back to the basics and get our kids back on track. Governor? Governor? Let's talk
2: about a few stats. Michigan's economic recovery is the fastest in any we've seen in our history. We have one of the strongest economic recoveries in the country. We know that we are seeing small business growth that's outpaced any year that we've seen in the last 23 years. We've made record investments when it comes to securing the future of the auto industry here. General Motors, $7 billion building batteries, Ford, Stellantis. It's not just about autos. It's about the future of manufacturing, future of life sciences. Perrigo moved their headquarters from Florida here to Grand Rapids. Pfizer expanded in Kalamazoo. We're also onshoring chip production to bring supply chains home from China to Michigan. KLA, SK Siltron, Calumet Electronics, Hemlock Semiconductor. We are building the future of the economy. And we're also training our workforce so that they can get into those good paying jobs you can raise a family at. 170,000 Michiganders are signed up for our opportunities tuition-free to get educations and skills.
1: Mr. Dixon, 30 seconds, please.
3: If the governor could just be honest, the report came out today showing that Michigan is in a terribly slow recovery. In fact, we've lost more small businesses than any other state except for New York. We're tied for losing the most small businesses. We've also lost 82,000 jobs while Gretchen Whitmer was in office. And she hasn't saved the automotive industry. She's only trying to save face now because she knows Ford left and went to Kentucky and Tennessee. And when she was asked, her response was, I think we didn't know. Governor? <laughs>
2: That's ridiculous. Listen, we, have top, we are top ten state for new business. We are the number one state in the nation for clean energy job growth. We have put our fiscal house in order my opponent is proposing a $12 billion cut to our, our budget. She likes to say she has business in the steel industry. But in a time when that industry had record profits, her company didn't pay the gas bill, didn't pay the trash bill, didn't pay their employees, and got sued dozens of times by other businesses they didn't pay either.
1: Let's stay with Michigan's budget to some degree. And it also talks on another topic that was discussed a lot in this studio four years ago, And we'll go to you, Governor, first with this. There has been more money put back into Michigan's budget for roads. Some of that came from bonding. You did early on. Some of it's coming from the infrastructure package. But here's the problem. Michigan roads, all roads, but Michigan roads always need to be fixed. It's a perpetual type of thing. And I thought John from Muskegon came up with a great question because he worries about this. He says, with the current push towards electric vehicles... Are the gas taxes going to be raised even more to pay for road repairs since the evs aren't paying for gas tax my question is are we going to need a new revenue stream and maybe even a new distribution formula for funding roads going forward
2: john is brilliant he's making an observation that is really smart and i appreciate that you know we listened to people as i got all across the state of michigan when i first ran for governor and we know that when you've got to replace the rims on your car, it's money out of rent or child care. This is a fundamental for Michigan families. And so we've already rebuilt 13,000 lane miles, 900 bridges. There are orange cones and barrels all over the state because we are fixing the dam rows and moving dirt. But you don't want to overcome decades of disinvestment in four years. It is going to be an ongoing need. The $4.8 billion that I worked with in a bipartisan way with the legislature to get done will help us do more when it comes to fixing our roads, rebuilding our bridges, fixing water infrastructure that brings water into our homes. The Biden administration sent us billions with the Infrastructure and Jobs Act. I'm grateful for that. That will help. But as we think about the transition that's happening in our auto industry,
3: our, our solution for roads is going to have to transition as well.
1: Mrs. Dixon, it's going to be a question the next governor is going to have to deal with.
3: Yeah, I'm sure this question was asked because four years ago on this stage the governor was asked if she would raise taxes to pay for the roads that she said she was going to fix, which we now know her own roads commission says are in worse shape than when she took office. In fact, she said no, she wasn't going to raise the taxes. That was ridiculous. It was nonsense. You've heard those words come out of her mouth a few times tonight as well. Just remember that when she was saying those words four years ago, then one of her first acts when she got into office was to try to raise your gas taxes by 45 cents. In fact, when she says she's worked in a bipartisan manner, she's actually vetoed road funding in the past because she didn't get her way on 45-cent gas tax. You're right. We will have to figure out a way to fund the roads. It's going to take public-private partnership in the future, but it's going to be a ways out because the entire country is not going to go to EV vehicles overnight.
1: Governor, 30 seconds to respond.
2: I think the evidence is all across the state, despite what Mrs. Dixon's commercials say. We are fixing the damn roads. We are moving dirt. We are using the right mix and materials, and they are built to last. But you don't overcome decades of disinvestment overnight. We recognize that there is a lot of good work to do. When you see those orange barrels, see that as a sign of progress and remember to please slow down. There are hardworking men and women on the side of the road risking their lives to rebuild infrastructure to power our economy and keep our
3: families safe.
1: 30 seconds.
3: You'll notice that as soon as another election was coming up, she started to put people out on the roads. The governor didn't fulfill her promise. In fact, when she asked just a few months ago, didn't you promise to fix the roads? She said, no, I didn't promise, at least not in the first term. Now she's saying it'll take a a second term and maybe even several more terms just to do what she promised in the first place, which she knew she couldn't do, but she wanted to earn your vote then, and now she's trying to get your vote again.
1: Mrs. Dixon, I want to turn to crime and policing. I, again, was surprised by the number of questions that we got about this. And I looked up a few statistics, and there are some that support the idea. This is uh, from 2019 to 2021, uh, the last year that numbers are available. And it comes from the incident crime reporting from the Michigan State Police. And they show that there are some violent crimes that are on the rise. But in fairness, robbery, rape, and most property crimes other than auto theft are ON DECLINE. HOWEVER, AS GOVERNOR, HOW CAN YOU PROMOTE A a REDUCTION IN CRIME, AND WHAT IS YOUR VIEW ON THE QUESTION FROM A VIEWER IN GRAND RAPIDS WHO SAYS, AND BY THE WAY, THIS HAS BEEN THROWN AROUND IN THIS CAMPAIGN, SO I THOUGHT IT WAS APPROPRIATE, KNOWING THAT THERE STILL CONTINUES TO BE A DEFUND THE POLICE MOVEMENT OUT THERE, THEN WHAT IS YOUR PLAN TO RID OUR STATE OF SUCH VIOLENCE SO THAT TAXPAYERS WHO FUND GOVERNMENT, AND THE POLICE AGENCIES CAN FEEL SAFE AGAIN IN THEIR OWN HOMES.
3: YEAH, THIS IS SUCH AN IMPORTANT QUESTION BECAUSE WE KNOW THE GOVERNOR CAME OUT AND SAID THAT SHE SUPPORTS THE SPIRIT OF DEFUND THE POLICE. IN FACT, WE KNOW THAT WHEN WE WERE ALL LOCKED DOWN, SHE WENT OUT AND MARCHED WITH FOLKS WHO HELD UP SIGNS THAT SAID DEFUND THE POLICE. I'm actually endorsed by the largest police union in the state, the Michigan, the Police Officers Association of Michigan and more than two dozen sheriffs, including Democrats, because they are so upset about the fact that the governor doesn't support them. My plan will put a billion new dollars into policing to make sure they know they're supported, but also to recruit and retain new police officers. It's so challenging to bring police officers to a state where the chief executive officer has supported defund the police. We're going to make sure that not only are they supported, but they have the tools they need, they have the technology they need, and they have the mental health help they need. And they will always know that a Dixon administration has their back. We will never defund the police.
0: Dixon, the administration have their back.
2: My opponent is long on rhetoric and short on facts. And that's okay. I gotta tell you
0: as a- Did that count as profanity?
2: I have sat with our law enforcement. I have worked arm in arm with them. And that's why the budgets that I've written have been focused on supporting. I can tell you as governor, I've made too many phone calls to grieving families who've lost their loved ones on the front line, attended too many funerals and visitations. And that's why we've got to talk about gun violence. My opponent's proposing, proposing policies that increase guns, decrease oversight, and eliminate gun-free zones. That's not going to make us any safer. Here's what will. I delivered a bipartisan investment in our law enforcement a billion dollars for training for recruiting for making sure that we're shoring up pensions for those who risk their lives for all of us every day every one of us deserves to feel safe in our home and in our communities investing in law enforcement is
3: what we have done and what we need to continue to do to keep people safe
1: mrs dixon 30 seconds
3: It must be so embarrassing for the governor that it's actually on tape that she said she supports the spirit of defund the police that's the truth i'm not short on facts in fact when she didn't get her gas tax increase she decided to then to, to then veto funding for our road patrols. Now she's coming out and saying she's bipartisan and she's supporting the police, but her record shows something terribly different. In fact, that's why we've lost a cop a day in Detroit this year. It's devastating to see the chief executive officer treat our police officers this way.
0: Cop a day based.
3: I know Mrs. Dixon
2: is, she is um, committed to her talking points, but the fact of the matter is just this week, With a group of Republican and Democratic legislators, I signed a bill to support our secondary road patrol. Just this week, I was endorsed by a different police organization and a number of prosecutors and sheriffs. They're split. You know why? They usually go to the Republican side, but they've seen me in action. They know we have made the biggest investment supporting them, and we will continue to do so, so long as I'm governor.
1: Candidates, so I appreciate you doing a great job on time. This is flying by, so I'm trying to get to some more of these questions, and this one is from Detroit. Joe there says uh, that he has some real concerns about racial bias in law enforcement, and this is important because we have seen so many cases around the country uh, that have been really troubling, and he, here's what he says. He says racial, uh, racial bias exists in law enforcement in policing, charging, trials, sentencing, incarceration, prisoner abuse, probation, and parole. If you would please ask a question about criminal justice system, racial bias reform in Michigan. First, Governor, do you agree with that assessment? Why or why not? And if you agree, what can you do about
2: it? Well, I think that we know there is always work to do to make sure that people who are policing communities are they are safe, they are supported, but they are also trained and that they are working with the community. That's something that's really important. I'm going to tell you, one of the most joyful things I've attended over the last few years was an expungement fair in Flint with the sheriff and the prosecutor working with our attorney general and secretary of state to help people who've already served their time, who simply want a job and a fresh start to get back on that effort. That came about because of the work that our lieutenant governor has done with regard to Um, improving our criminal justice system. There is more work to do. There is training. We ask too much of our law enforcement officers. We need to support them with mental health experts so that when they are in communities, everyone goes home at the end of
3: the day.
0: Yeah, I don't think asking them not to shoot mentally ill people Uh, is too much to ask. And,
1: And if you do, what do you do about it?
3: We need to always make sure that our police officers have the training that they need and the support that they need What we're seeing in the state of Michigan is many of the communities that used to have police officers rise up out of them and then they would become police officers in their own community, which is so important and so valuable to our local communities. They've stopped doing that because of this rhetoric of defund the police that you've heard across the country, because people have demonized our police officers and made this a career that people don't feel comfortable in anymore. In fact. Our own governor marching with the people who are out there saying the police are bad have helped move this narrative along. The police are bad. It's hard for our police officers, and it's hard for our community. I think not only do we need training in our police departments, but we also need to bring our police officers into our schools to make sure our young kids feel comfortable around our police officers.
0: Governor, That's take- a bad reason, or that's a bad uh, uh, policy a for a lot of reasons. Just
3: keep her cool and to be a
2: healer-in-chief. What Mrs. Dixon is referring to was a clergy-led moment of healing. We had police represented as well. It was an important community moment. What won't heal the divide is someone who makes a rush to judgment, like Mrs. Dixon did when the altercation and death of Patrick Leoya happened here in Grand Rapids. That won't fix problems. We need to support good cops. We got
3: to make sure communities are safe. We can and must do both. Mr. Dixon? As I've traveled around this state, I've had police officers tell me time and time again, too often, Governor Whitmer criminalizes the police and glorifies the criminal. She comes out on the side of the person who's trying to harm our cop. She is someone who does rush to judgment. This is a real problem when you have your police officers out there in the line of duty in danger every single day. She's right. I'm going to support our police officers. I will always have their back. I will always make sure that they know they are safe in this state.
0: Yes, this to be honest, like a, right along with the, the, the old adage All about uh, different races 66, looking alike, I can barely tell these can two can women, can women
1: apart. Guns that involve guns. And the question arises, how do you keep guns out of the hands of people that would do bad things with them? Given the recent U.S. Supreme Court ruling, the state's ability to make gun laws may be somewhat limited because of the Bruin decision, but no matter what, When you see firearms-related crimes, when you see gun violence, what, if anything, would you do to change Michigan's existing gun laws or create new ones, again, with the codicil about the Supreme Court? 60 seconds.
3: One of the biggest problems that we have in the state of Michigan is that we're letting people out too easily. People commit gun crimes, and then they're back out on the street. This is a problem for our police officers, too. They're afraid to even arrest these guys for fear they're just going to come back out and target them. And yeah,
0: yeah I don't think cops are afraid to arrest people. Across the
3: state, tell me I don't think that that's a problem in this country. As soon as they're out on the job. This is catastrophic. We need to make sure we are tough on crime in this state. This is idea that we are going to take guns away from law-abiding citizens and somehow that's going to keep them out of the hands of criminals, that's never going to work. We have to make sure that we are tough on crime. When we find someone who commits a gun crime, they need to be put away. This administration is trying to hide prison numbers from you. They're saying that the prisons are empty, that we don't have a crime problem. Our sheriffs across the state have told me they're hiding them in our jails and giving them lesser violations and then letting them back out on the streets. That's catastrophic.
1: Governor?
2: I'm a little confounded by what she just said. I, I don't
0: <laughs> know I think we all are.
2: I'll say this. As a former prosecutor, I take public safety very seriously. As a mom, I'm furious that in our country, guns are the number one killer of our children. As a governor, I know we can and must act. I support secure storage. I support background checks. I support red flag laws. This is how we keep our communities safer. This is how we keep our kids safer when they're in school. My opponent supports constitutional carry, which means more guns, less oversight, less training. She wants to eliminate gun-free zones like at our schools. The work we have done has helped improve safety. There is more good work to do without question. But here's what we've done. With Operation Safe Neighborhoods, we've got parole sweeps. We're getting illegal guns off the streets. We're working with local police departments, and we will continue to do so and take any action we can to make our communities safer.
1: Mrs. Dixon, 30 seconds.
3: I don't think it can be any clearer. The governor's made her statement. She wants to take guns away from law-abiding citizens. She does not trust our law-abiding citizens with their guns. We know this. We've yeah, already I don't seen
0: trust most citizens with guns. On
3: their own. And she doesn't even know that we're in a situation where our jails are filled with violent criminals that are beyond what our jails can handle. They're not, they're not putting them in our prisons. She doesn't even know what's happening in the criminal justice system in her own state.
1: Governor, we're going to go to you, but I'm going to ask the control room to, there we go, to reset that clock. That was distracting my apologies. Governor, please, 30 seconds.
2: (laughs) I mean, I'd be happy to give my 30 seconds to Mrs. Dixon if she wants to actually tell us what kind of supports she might, you know, what policies she might support to get guns off the street, to keep our communities safer. I still haven't heard that. I don't think that you've heard that. And I think every one of us deserves to know, what is the plan to get guns out of our communities?
0: I love Nitel's joke about uh, looking like the score is tied
1: because of the eights on the podium. So I'm gonna go with you real quickly, Governor. Let's talk a bit about the economy. We touched on it earlier a little bit, but one of the questions we heard was like this, and we heard it a lot, like this one from Paula in Grand Rapids. I want to know what are the candidates gonna do with the high inflation if they're elected. Paula, I appreciate the question
0: but I will Every other debate we've watched has either started with immigration or inflation. This is the first one the to start with abortion. Economy, but, but it is two women debating some so
1: you might be able to do Jane in Caledonia says, "What's your position on removing the taxes and retirement pensions?" This is a very hot topic especially with Also Hydra, the- good evening. I didn't get to say I hey to you earlier. Says, I'm considering moving out of Michigan because of this. And Charles, I made it my 10 minutes. Profanity again, fuck yeah. Economy, will you work to roll back the state's income tax to 3.9%? Governor, uh, start with that or anything else that as governor you might be able to do.
2: There's a lot to cover there, so I'll start with this. You know, we know that inflation is hurting, whether it's the price of gas or it is the price of groceries. A governor cannot fix global inflation, but what we can do is help keep more money in your pocket. I worked with the Republican legislature to make sure that we leveled the financial barrier to higher education and skills so that people can get into good paying jobs. 170,000 people are in tuition-free programs now. We also expanded tri-share, which started here in Grand Rapids, by the way. The state picks up a third of the cost of daycare, the parent a third of the cost, and the employer a third of the cost. And for people who are really struggling, we have expanded. For 150,000 kids in Michigan, daycare that is free or low of cost. We also put our fiscal house in order. And because of that, because of the upgrade in our credit rating and the money that we've put in the rainy day fund, we could repeal the retirement tax, which I do support. We could triple the earned income tax credit, which I also support, and a pause on the gas
1: tax. Mrs. Dixon, can you tell me what you think the governor could do? Because obviously, it's a big problem.
3: Yeah, well, it's very interesting that they asked about the pension tax because the governor stood here four years ago and said that she would, that that would be one of the first things that she would do would be repeal the pension tax, and that hasn't happened in the four years that she's been governor. In fact, the other question was, would you try to get the income tax down to 3.9? The governor was actually offered two different reductions in the personal income tax to get money back in your pockets, but she vetoed both of those. It's not surprising. This governor has vetoed more bills than any governor for the past 70 years. So it's not surprising. She also had the opportunity to give you a gas tax holiday. And guess what? She vetoed that as well. In fact, Michigan right now has some of the highest gas tax in the nation. We, are, we have some of the highest gas prices in the nation. She hasn't come out and said, she's gonna give you a gas tax holiday now. If she had done it before, you wouldn't be suffering so badly now. Gretchen Whitmer wants you to pay more for gas to force you into electric vehicles.
1: 30 seconds, Governor.
3: <laughs> I, I don't even know how to respond to that. I'll just say this.
2: You know, Mrs. Dixon's party has been in control... You,
0: you should say right-wingers are morons.
2: 40 years. I know she hasn't lived in Michigan that long, but I'm not here to play games. When the legislature sends Get the me a the t-shirt. Bill ...and tells you they've cut your taxes, but they know secretly none of it even goes into effect until 2023, I don't play those games. I veto those games. You deserve honesty. You deserve solutions. You deserve leaders who can work together and deliver for you and your family. That's what we've been doing.
3: When we talk about inflation, you should ask the governor where she stands on line five and your gas prices because she has made it very clear that she wants to shut down line five and will do anything to do so. Even though Joe Biden says no, she's still trying to shut down line five today. Line five would raise the cost to heat your home. It would raise the price to fly out of our Detroit airport in a time we need economic development. And it would raise the cost of gas for your car. But she doesn't care about money in your pocket. She likes the political benefit.
1: Candidates, we've come to the final question in our debate. We will have enough time to complete it, but I need you to stay on time. 2019, the legislature passed. The governor signed reform of auto no-fault insurance. It came with a promise of lower premiums and choice in the coverage that you had. A $400 rebate from the Catastrophic Claims Association followed this spring. One of the consequences was a reduction in attendant care. That's for long-term health care for people who have been injured. Now, we're going to be watching
0: the, the Mandela-Barnes-Ron Johnson the debate court, on replay in here in just a uh, uh, about 10 $45,
1: minutes. $45, which had a real impact, obviously, on families that depended on those. And Heather in Spring Lake wants to ask this. I would like to know what each candidate is going to do about fixing the auto reform bill for the injured victims that were injured before the auto reform. My son was injured in 2014 and has been affected by the auto reform bill. Mrs. Dixon, 60 seconds, please. Well, as you
3: said, there is a lawsuit in the courts right now, and we're seeing that they're saying that this was a contract that has to be upheld. And so that's very, that is very good news for the victims of this situation. But we probably need to talk to the legislature to see if we can go further. There's always bills where there's unintended consequences. We're losing a lot of our health care workers because of this. We have the opportunity to work with the legislature to see if there's something that we can do. The governor will tell you that she's the one that gave you those $400 checks. What she's not telling you is that she's also giving you the bill. You're gonna end up paying $48 back for every vehicle because this was too fast. She knew that these victims were looking for compensation, but she still gave this out to try to buy your vote. That's what she's doing at the end of this election.
0: You don't like TikTok Town Hall. Just wait until these debates Party start looking like Republican Twitch debates. The
2: controls both chambers of our legislature. WE WORKED TOGETHER BECAUSE MICHIGAN HAD HIGH AUTO RATES. CONSUMERS WANTED OPTIONS. AND SO THAT LEGISLATION GAVE THEM OPTIONS. AND BECAUSE OF IT, THEY'VE BEEN ABLE TO SAVE SOME MONEY, THEY GOT A REBATE, ALSO WE'VE GOT MORE PEOPLE WHO ARE DRIVING WHO ARE INSURED NOW BECAUSE THEY CAN ACTUALLY AFFORD SOME OF THE OPTIONS. NOW, FOR PEOPLE WHO WERE INJURED BEFORE THAT LAW WAS SIGNED, THEY HAVE A VESTED INTEREST AND I BELIEVE THAT THEY DESERVE THE CARE THAT THEY NEED. And so I am eager to work with the legislature. The Republican leaders in the legislature haven't come to the table yet,
3: but I'll be a willing partner when they're ready to do that.
1: 30 seconds.
3: This governor has proven time and time again that she actually won't come to the table. She's, she keeps claiming to be bipartisan. I want to remind you that she has vetoed more bills than any governor in the last 70 years. So when she has sat up here and talked about her bipartisan willingness to work with people, do not be deceived. This is a woman who shut down the state and had to have her powers, her powers removed by the Supreme Court. Do not trust her with another four years to terrorize you.
1: Governor, 30 seconds. Observable
2: goat. There are so many wonderful things that are happening in Michigan. There are certainly some challenges ahead. I will continue to work with anyone who wants to solve problems, not just score political points with rhetoric, but actually come to the table with alternatives. I've heard a lot of complaining and grievance tonight. What I haven't heard is alternative solutions. That's what I'm always going to stay focused on, and I'll work with anyone who brings that attitude and wants to solve problems regardless of what side of the aisle they come from.
1: Candidates, we have come to the question, the end of the question part of our debate. I thank you all for addressing those issues and highlighting some differences between uh, the two candidates. It's good.
0: This is live with the Michigan gubernatorial debate. We're getting ready to watch a replay of the Mandela Barnes-Ron Johnson debate.
2: This election is a choice about our future, and I will always welcome honest dialogue. I think what you heard from my opponent tonight is divisive rhetoric to pit us against each other for her own political gain. I don't have time for that. I don't think you do either. These are serious times that require leaders who can solve problems and work together to make your life a little bit better right now. I want to continue to move our state forward, to make Michigan a place that can attract young talent and keep them here, to make sure that women have the right to make their own decisions about their bodies and their health, to ensure that Michigan is a place where every person is respected and protected under the law. That's the Michigan I want for my children and for yours. We cannot trust our future to dangerous people who peddle conspiracy theories, to people for whom problems are more politically valuable than solutions, to people who think they only win if someone else is losing. We don't have time for that. This is a great state, and our future is bright, and I'll work hard every single day to make sure of it. I'm asking for your vote in this critical
3: election. Thank you. And good
1: night. Mrs. Dixon, you have the final word.
3: The governor would like to forget you to forget how hard the last four years have been with Gretchen Whitmer. She's shown us who she is. She stood on this very stage and said she wouldn't raise taxes. And she tried and tried and tried again to raise your taxes over and over. She also said that she cares about women, but she would gladly put little boys in your daughter's locker room. She also said she cares about parents. But she hasn't stood for parents who have said, why do we have adults whispering sex and gender into the ears of our little kids? This governor's policies are... Dog whistle,
0: transphobia there.
3: Crime is up, jobs are down, schools are worse, and the roads didn't get fixed. That's what happens when you hire a radical career politician. You go in the wrong direction. Lansing needs common sense. We need to make sure we stop strangling our businesses, and we help them to create jobs, we help them to increase salaries, and we help them to be prosperous. We need to tell our parents, we've got your back. We want you to have the final decision on what's happening in your child's education. And we need to make sure that cops, we hire more cops, and they know we have their back, and we're going to get out of their way and let them do their job. But most of all, I want to make sure that we put money back into the pockets of our middle-class families. We need common sense. And when you lack it, that's all you can see. I hope to earn your vote and bring Michigan back to a family-friendly Michigan
1: on November 8. Candidates both, I thank you very much for being here. I'm going to take the Observable
0: trust. goat, it is because they look like oh, kooks. Sure.
1: In election years, one of the As most a conservative difficult it's things getting to, harder to do and is to, is not to bring not look like the cook. candidates together for debates for a lot of reasons. And it's not because candidates don't want to debate, but it's a huge investment of time. And there are a number of considerations that you have to take for your own candidacy. For reasons on both of your sides, it might have been easier not to do this tonight. I get that. So I appreciate the fact that you personally agree, but moreover, in working with your campaigns, that you were willing to compromise and/or set aside some of the problems that we might have had in putting this together. So my personal thanks to you,
0: like and Carrie Lake and uh, uh, Katie Hobbs and in your campaigns to work uh, with. Arizona. To
1: yeah, the eighty-eight. The One of the, the important
0: things it is Channel COVID-19 Eight COVID-19 Wood TV. For
1: the past hour, there have been no commercials. This isn't about.
0: We uh, we determined that the, the channel, Wood TV, kind of sounds like they live in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? But it kind of seemed like they were appealing to white supremacists by having 88 on screen. For those of you who don't know, is HH. There are no more debates between Tudor Dixon and Gretchen Whitmer. This was the one and only gubernatorial debate in Michigan. We are going to take a commercial break, and we're going to come back, and we are going to watch the second Senate debate between Mandela Barnes and Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. What up, Garrett? The ads are just so I can uh, I can get everything switched around. Uh, we'll we'll take like a three minute break, and then we will be back with the. Ron Johnson, Mandela Barnes debate in the uh, Wisconsin Senate race. So see you on the other side of the break. And then we're going to do a quick rundown of the news afterwards.